There are a lot of stereotypes when it comes to Asian American women, all of which tend to run on a spectrum from submissive, obedient war bride to exotic prostitutes. Yet there is one word that underlines every conversation discussing Asian American women, especially in regard to their oppression and political activism. Invisibility. As Japanese-American essayist Mitsuya Yamada puts it, every time I read or speak to a group of people about the condition of my life as an Asian Pacific woman, it is as if I had never spoken before, as if I were speaking to a brand new audience of people who had never known an Asian Pacific woman who was other than the passive, sweet, stereotype of the Oriental woman. No matter what we say or do, the stereotype still hangs on. I am weary of starting from scratch each time I speak or write, as if there were no history behind us, of hearing that among women of color, Asian women are the least political or the least oppressed. There is an assumption amongst many in mainstream U.S. society that Asian American women are not political, that political activism is not inherent to the Asian American female identity not helped by the idea of the mild minority myth, which makes activism antithetical to the oppression-immune Asian-American population. Historically, there have been many barriers that prevented Asian-American women from joining mainstream feminist groups or adopting feminism for themselves. Up until recent decades, the population size of Asian-Americans has been incredibly small. This is because of immigration restrictions that barred Asian-Americans from entering the country. Many of these laws specifically target Asian American women, such as the Naturalization Act of 1870, the Chinese Exclusion Act of 1882, the Exclusion Act of 1924, and the Cable Act of 1939, which either prevented entry into the U.S. or even becoming citizens. While few Asian women were able to come to the U.S. before the 1950s, it was an incredibly small group, and the consequences of these laws meant that the gender ratio. Was not balanced for Asian Americans until 19 freaking 80. However, the domination of men in Asian American communities was not just a population problem, but a cultural one too. Now, though, before I go on, let me just say this: Asian men in the Asian community are not inherently more sexist than other groups. It's a racist stereotype, and let's be honest: being a sexist pig knows no racial or ethnic bounds. Anyway, similar to many other groups, Asian cultures tend to put a hierarchy within families based on gender, age, and generation. With young Asian women subordinate to their fathers, husbands, brothers, or sons who are at the top, Asian women often acting as compliant housewives, mothers, and caretakers who are devoted to their families. The physical and cultural isolation of Asian women prevented them from socializing with other women, especially those who did not share their racial or ethnic background, thus preventing them from achieving gender consciousness. Now, to butcher a well-known sociological concept, gender consciousness is basically realizing that gender one is not just in a biological sense, but specifically how they experience the world as that gender. This includes identifying with others who share. Similar gender positions as you do. This is important as if one understands what gender they are, they begin to realize the gendered power relations in society, along with the institutional pressures and the social patterns that creates and maintains this power. AKA, you realize women or anything feminine is considered inferior to men or anything masculine in society. 
So once you realize this unfairness, you might be more inclined to do something about it. Thus, you need to become gender conscious if you are to achieve feminist consciousness. And a way hey, many women get there is by interacting with other women. Now you can see how this might be a problem for Asian women. As sociologist Esther Niangling Chow more eloquently puts it, such alienation may limit the development of gender and feminist consciousness and render Asian women more politically powerless in achieving effective communications and organizations and in building bonds with other women of color and white feminists. Social isolation was not the only factor that stifled the feminist development of Asian American women. Those from poor or working class backgrounds at times did not have the time, energy, or resources to devote to many other causes outside of making sure their families survived week to week. Not to mention language barriers were a challenge to overcome um, as well. Both of these issues are still prevalent today, stemming from the fact that many Asian women in are immigrants. While many Asian American women were kept from participation in feminism, that did not mean the entire group was detached from political activism as a whole. If anything, what helped awaken them to their gender consciousness was racial consciousness. During the 1960s and 70s, many Asian Americans were involved in civil rights groups, both for African Americans and Asian Americans. This allowed them to become politically active and gain experience in organizing and leadership. And even more critically, though, was that they had more interactions with other women, not just Asian women, but other women of color, such as Black, Latina, and Indigenous women. This gender awakening was also helped in part by Asian women activists and groups in other countries, such as China and Vietnam. That didn't mean their journey into political participation was smooth, though. Asian American in women's dual identity as both a woman and a person of color often put them in a bind when it came to their relationships with feminist and Asian American groups. Similar to many women of color, Asian American women face racial and class discrimination from mainstream feminist groups. Now, when I say that, I don't mean white feminists literally hung a sign up under clubhouses that said, white middle class women only, everyone else can go eat shit. The issue wasn't as simple as sheer exclusion. Asian American women and other women of color were allowed entry into the feminist groups. But because white feminists tended to prioritize gender discrimination above other forms of oppression, the racialized and sometimes class-based oppression in Asian American women experience was ignored, and they were given almost no support from feminist organizations, rendering them more tokens than people in white feminist spaces. That's why many Asian American women were more inclined to work with groups that primarily tackled race and class-based issues. However, the bind Asian American women faced in feminist organizations became inverted when it came to Asian American civil rights groups. They quickly realized that these groups are not responsive to their needs as women. Those who called out sexism within the community or participated in feminist groups were perceived by men and even some women as separatists, destroying relationships between Asian men and women, or outright threatening their entire racial and ethnic identity. Their voices overshadowed in favor of men, even though women led the charge in a number of issues such as Filipina nurses organized against unfair labor practices in the 1970s. Dr. Corinne Aguilar-Sanwan explains, 
The fact of the matter is that from its very conception as an organizing principle, Asian America has masked a series of internal tensions. In order to produce a sense of racial solidarity, Asian American activists frame social injustices in terms of race, veiling other competing social categories such as gender, sexuality, ethnicity, and nationality. As every group they participated in made them invisible, many Asian American women decided to form their own groups, often using the skills they acquired from feminist and Asian civil rights organizations. Most of these groups started as local or regional service programs. Sadly, though, many organizations, groups, and programs did not survive because of lack of funding, grassroots support, membership, credible leadership, strong networks, strategic or even ideological differences. Just as many never attained national reach or recognition. However, even with some failures, groups started by and for Asian American women and feminists still exist and continue to grow. Some older groups that survived to the modern day, at least those I could verify, include Center for the Pacific Asian Family, Filipino Women's League, Asian American United, Asian Immigrant Women Advocates, and the Chinese Progressive Association. Some newer groups include National Asian Pacific Women's Forum, which does a lot with policy work such as reproductive rights and economic justice, Asian American Feminist Collective, an online website that does a lot with intersectional media education, the Center for Asian Pacific Women, a nonprofit devoted to enhancing leadership skills for Asian American women leaders, and a smaller channel such as blogs like Reappropriate deal with the subject of Asian women and feminism in politics and pop culture. Many of these groups have done amazing work, but as you can probably tell, these are a very small number of groups, specifically ones that cater for Asian American women and feminists. Most people probably have never heard of them, which still gets into the issue of invisibility. Most of this episode has been devoted to the historical and social context of Asian American feminism, mainly because I just thought it would be a good foundational episode for the most of the series, but also because most of the fight for Asian American feminists has not just been on specific issues, it's been about visibility. As the first quote by Mitsuya Yamada suggested, most people do not realize Asian American women face systemic and historical oppression. Thus, many don't realize Asian American feminists exist. And a lot of hard work has already been done in the name of equality for Asian American women. But nobody knows it happened! Not even other Asian American women! If you've made it this far, do you remember what I said about gender consciousness? Well... Knowing about Asian American feminists, their history, and their organizing work would most likely be an important step in pushing Asian American women towards gender consciousness, and thus, feminism. Even the newer groups I mentioned are not really that well known outside of the Asian American feminist bubble, which is still very, very small. Most of them I had to do extensive web searches before I came across them, which is unfair because most of them have been around for years at this point, and they've done important work too. National Asian Pacific America a Women's Forum did a lot of voter outreach for the Georgia 2020 special election. Yet unless you were on their website, it was like it never happened. They might as well not exist. To many people, they wouldn't care.
Invisibility is a centerpiece of Asian American feminism because at times it acts like a crutch, especially when it comes to progressing the work of previous feminists and building any sort of real movement. That's why it's important for more intention to be directed towards Asian American feminism if there is to be any sort of future for it. As Esther Nangling Chow put it, Asian American women involved in both Asian American activism and the larger feminist movement have played an important role in decreasing sex and racial discrimination, in providing leadership and role models for others to emulate, and in paving the way for Asian American political visibility and efficacy in the larger society.